Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's December 16th, 2020, and this is episode 52. Well, Allie, we're down to just two episodes to go of 2020, and um, I thought it'd be kind of fun to to spend a little time and and put together um, kind of our top 10 lists. Uh, This episode, we'll talk about our our top 10 list of 2020. So kind of at the end of the year, looking at, you know, what would be the top 10 songs of the year, whatever else. We'll just rate this as our, our top 10 agronomic topics for Southeast Minnesota of the year. And then um, next week, if you join, we'll actually talk about our looking forward, our top 10 for next year. So kind of a, a fun couple episodes here. And uh, Allie, I think um, we'll just get things off. I might just throw it to you and uh, we'll start with your number 10 and then we'll just alternate till uh, we get to number one. Yeah, so I would just like to start by telling everyone these are not in rake order. These are randomized order as they came to mind. So so my number one was tar spot for 2020. I think it's just becoming more and more evident in our counties across Southeast Minnesota. And I think it's critical being as it's a newer disease uh, that we understand how to manage and you know prevent this very yield limiting um, pathogen as it comes into play across Southeast Minnesota. And um, we've summarized a lot of these considerations in our agronomy summary book, but certainly going to be a, a part of the conversation for this year. And as we move forward, what's your number? Uh-huh. One. Yeah, I'm actually going to go backwards. I'm going to count down. I did rank oh. mine, so I'm going to start at number 10. And uh, my number 10 was actually flying high with my UAV. Uh, 2020 was a unique year, and um, I think COVID and the pandemic changed the way we did things. And uh, we have pretty awesome UAV technology at Pioneer and uh, um, spent a lot of time working with growers and produced some really good stuff uh, via the UAV, which was kind of a fun summer flying all year. Yeah, that was a good one. I missed UAV on mine, so I like that one. Yeah. All right, so my number two was corn and soybean fungicide applications. Um, and just in terms of using them to maximize yield, I think we're starting to think a little bit differently of fungicide applications, especially in corn. So not just for that d- disease control and prevention, I think it's important. Um, it's just becoming a piece of the puzzle and a strategic program to, to push yield limits of corn and soybeans. Awesome, cool. And I'm gonna go number nine. And my number nine was the weather. Um, I, I kind of just think we were overdue for maybe a little less dramatic growing season. And I think planting season and harvest was a was a big thing. And I just think that was probably one of the bigger stories of the year just made our life a lot easier. And I, I think for our growers too. And I think that'll maybe come up next week when we, we will look ahead for 2021 as well. Agreed. It was very welcomed. So my number three is management. That's a pretty, pretty broad one, but I just think we saw a wide distribution of yield outcomes in 2020, just between highly productive soils and rotated fields and how we manage those um, and the season stresses, and then maybe some less productive, more drought prone soils, um, handling that a little differently. And then corn on corn acres in particular, just maybe fell short of expectations as they proved more susceptible to maybe the combination of some of the yield limiting stresses that we, we had to work through in 2020. Yeah, my number eight to actually go way back to the start of 2020. It was actually um, our agronomy revolution tour alley. Uh, a lot of growers maybe came out and saw us, but uh, we had some some really good um, meetings there. And I think we did that in February. Correct me if I was wrong. We made the rounds there for about a week uh, across Southeast Minnesota with a lot of good content. Um, as we look ahead, we may not have that here in 2021. I think we'll have some virtual options, but uh, it's always a great way to get some great information out there. And also for, uh, for us, a really fun time to interact with uh producers uh, across all across Southeast Minnesota, kind of ones that we work with and maybe some ones we also got to speak outside of our jurisdiction, which is always a lot of fun and uh, be looking for stuff like that in 2021 when the time comes. 
Yep, absolutely. Uh, mine, just a hot topic that I felt like I had a lot of conversations about mid-season uh, was just sulfur within season nitrogens. Um, you know, just focusing on that 30 pounds or six to seven to one ratio. Um, like I said, I just thought it was a really hot topic that I worked through with a lot of folks. And I think we're doing a lot better job of uh, making that a piece of the puzzle as well. Yeah. All right. And then my number seven was soybeans and they were just kind of exciting again, if that's the right term. We uh, had really great yields across the area. I think the weather uh, played a big role in that. We were planted early. Um, we had some things go our way, not a big disease year. Uh, the markets in some cases maybe didn't play in your favor if you sold so early, but um, but hopefully maybe the yield bumps, we had some extra that we could we could utilize there. Um, but I thought they were kind of an exciting crop and moving forward, um, you know, maybe seeing a few more soybean acres uh, for next year. But um, yeah, kind of just a refocus on that crop and, and um, a crop that we're starting to move the bar yield wise and hopefully that can continue and maybe we can find a repeat next year if, if things go uh, in a similar fashion. Amazing. We're starting to care about soybeans just yes, as much as corn. I agree. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I'm kind of picking a favorite child here and I don't know if this is cheating, but uh, my number five is actually the P0220 hybrid family. It's a new corn for us. And I just really felt like just a rock star out of the ground and kind of just raced all year long. And I just think um, it's a really consistent new product that we have available. And I just thought it was worth uh, making it on my top 10 list. Very cool. That is a great new hybrid. One of my favorites, especially for corn on corn. Uh, my number six, this will be our last one before we go on a break here. Um, it was actually nitrogen and corn. Uh, I think nitrogen was a, a very big topic of 2020. Um, I think we saw maybe more nitrogen deficiency this year than we have uh, in many years. Many factors went into that from weather to timing to you know, our lack of fall tillage and other things in between. And and really, I think it really showed up on corn on corn. Um, I think that was probably where it showed up the most and that may show up on my list again here. Um, but nitrate management and strategy was um, something that really paid dividends. If you had the right end program, it really put a lot of bushels in the tank. You know, if we some things went wrong, it really penalized us on the backside as well. So, so I think a good start to the show, um, just full disclosure to you and I did not compare our list before the show. So this is the first time we're hearing it. And uh, when we come on a break, we'll kind of, I'll get into my top five and you'll get through your your six through 10, and uh, we'll see where it all ends up. Welcome back listeners. So Josh in segment one, you made it through your uh, 10 through five or no, 10 through six. 10 through six. Oh yeah. yeah geez, I it. can't count today. Made it through my, made it through my one through five. So we're going to continue on our top 10 list uh, for 2020. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. So my number uh, six on the list was the late August rain. So that last week of August, I just thought that those worked wonders in terms of weight and grain on both the soybean and corn side of things. I um, mean, you talked about soybean yields in general. I think that was a big piece of the puzzle um, and just was really welcomed. I think it saved us from losing um, a lot more bushels than we maybe already did from some of those um, moisture stress. You bet. Okay. And my number five maybe goes a little bit with my number six, uh, but it was corn on corn struggles and triumph. It um, Corn on corn this year was a very interesting rotation in, in Southeast Minnesota. There was challenges with it. And when kind of the combines rolled, we saw some really good yields on corn on corn. For example, in our PKP set, um, you know, our corn on corn locations, you know, actually broke the old overall record, which is pretty crazy. We did break a record. So we saw some really, really strong yields, corn on corn. On the flip side, we also saw some really challenging yields, corn on corn. A lot of things went into that. You know, if you look back to the, the fall of 19 and lack of tillage, um, you look at some of the struggles of the lack of rain in early August. We got some late August rain, but maybe didn't get the mineralization we needed. A lot of tie up and the, the residue from the lack of tillage in 19 and, and some other things in between. Uh, but I think that was just something that was really jumped out at me was how good it was in cases and how poor it was in others. 
and looking forward, that'll be something we'll want to try to get a better handle on as we roll into 2021. Yeah. And I think if we were to maybe pick arguably the most popular topic that that might have been it. Um, so my number eight was just the proven value of Chrome. I thought Chrome just really proved its year, proved itself this year across a, a wide variety of acres. And I just think, you know, that value of the fact that Chrome really opens up the possibilities of top-notch triple op- options for folks ap- acres and um, pair that with the corn rootworm protection. Um, and I just thought it really did a nice job of proving its value. And you look at maybe in one certain year, folks can have that bell ringer corn. I just felt like, you know, we had a lot of products that just did really solid across a wide range of environments. And I think it's just exciting uh, for folks to have a wide range of options available from, from Pioneer. Okay. So I have to rewind and double check. Was that number seven or number eight? Number seven. Number seven. Okay. I think we might've said eight, but I was, Oops. I thought I might've skipped one, but we're all good. So <laughs> Uh, on to number four for me, uh, my number four was corn rootworm. And I think corn rootworm was uh, something in Southeast Minnesota we saw a lot of this year. In some cases, it, it led to the challenges that we saw on corn on corn. Uh, populations are on an increase. Um, definitely a big story of 2020 and will likely be a big story of 2021 as well. Um, <clears throat> but a serious best that we got to take serious year in, year out. And um, I think that was a big story of uh, production across Southeast Minnesota this year. Yep, I think so too. And we'll wait and see what this winter weather maybe brings to us and how that rolls into 2021. Um, So, okay, we're actually at number eight now for me. So my number eight was just um, different spectrum of leaf disease across the area. I thought leaf disease was present this year across the area, though much lower than maybe we've experienced in years past. I thought, you know, it was a little different than usual. Like I mentioned, gray leaf spot was becoming a little bit more prevalent than northern corn leaf blight, which is, you know, opposite of what we've maybe observed in the past. Um, We made it through those fungicide applications and then with the dry conditions um, that appeared to hold most um, leaf diseases in check as we move towards September. So just a different spectrum. And I thought it was worth, worth mentioning. Yeah. And on to number three for me and my number three was the enlist weed control system. Um, First year we've had enlist out there at at kind of commercial volumes. And I think overall um, what a great weed control system, a lot of things still going on behind the scenes as we continue to get new varieties to market. Uh, That's going to really change as we look forward. Um, But yeah, from a standpoint of, you know, user-friendly, staying on target, you know, not um, not having the volatilization of other things and the tank mixing things, so many great things there. Uh, I thought that was a big story and uh, really fun to see growers have a chance to utilize it and also get feedback of uh, how it performed on their operations and a lot of positive where it was utilized. Yep, absolutely. Um, So my number nine was just the harvestable moistures or maybe just harvest in general. I think, you know, a lot of folks experienced um, harvestable moistures much lower than maybe they experienced all of all of 2019. Um, And also just made for a quick harvest pace, which rolled into being able to get a lot of work done this fall uh, that we haven't in the past. So maybe I should just change that one to just, you know, nice fall into winter weather in general. Yes, I agree. Uh, my number two, um, a little bit more of a, a personal side of it here, Allie, for us, but uh, corn PKP plots, we had all of them planted in April. Never seen that before. Don't know if we ever will. Also, our growers felt that too. A lot of guys got the crop in extremely early this year, um, but I thought that was just a big story of, of just how quick this crop went in the ground, uh, the corn and the beans. But um, yeah, I just looking back, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get to do that again. I think you and I put 27 plots in and we were done in the month of April. So we made good time. And um, I thought that was a big story and also led to to some of the crop successes we saw uh, in corn and soybeans this year. Yep. 
Okay, so my top 10. Uh, number 10 was planting date. The corn and soybean crop in Southeast Minnesota just got off to a really extremely fast start in 2020. Um, a majority of that corn crop was planted in April, like you talked about um, with our PKPs, with soybeans being not far behind. Um, I think we just had those excellent conditions and above average stands across the area. And I think that really helped to carry us um, through the successful season that we had. All right. And to close it out, my number one was your number seven. It was Chrome. Obviously, uh, Chrome lived up to our expectations, moved the bar uh, for corn on corn production acres uh, across Southeast Minnesota, and we'll be here for, uh, for years to come. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Be sure to turn in next week and we'll talk about the top 10 for 2021. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner. Submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. We'll see you at 11 a.m.